Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a former science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah to the M. Biology, A-level, topic by topic. S to the M. Are you finished? Yeah. <laughs> I'm teaching her biology, A-level biology, um, topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes. We encourage, we hope that, <laughs> we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out. Listen to the episodes on your week topics or use this as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are there. Here. <laughs> Whenever have we ever used the word encourage? <laughs> not not we terribly professional today, are we, to uh, S to the M? <laughs> um, S to the on? M, I don't know. Lost the professionalness of the pod? Huh? Right, let's, let's, that, that's turn the professionalism. Okay, ready? Go. <laughs> Episode 80, contraction of skeletal muscle. We are going to be looking at the roles of actin, myosin, calcium ions and ATP in myofibril contraction the roles of calcium ions and tropomyosin in the cycle of cross-bridge formation, and the roles of ATP and phosphocreatine in muscle contraction. Okay, so that's what we're going to be looking at today. So, quick recap from last episode. I always want to say last lesson. Last episode, the structure of the skeletal muscle. So do you remember what that looks like? The bands, the dark bands, the, yes, the light yeah, bands? Yes, got it. Yeah, it's like a cigar shape. And it's got um, different areas of it that are made of different things. Actin and myosin. Okay, so one sarcomere, what's at the ends? The light bit. No, so like at the ends then. So like, does it say Z line or something? Oh, so Z disc and a H zone. It's got that on there, on yeah. the A band and so the I band. So you've got your, your Z lines or your Z discs at the end. Right. And M lines in the middle. Then you've got your dark bands and your light bands. So what are the dark bands? The dark ones are thick myosin filament. Yeah. The dark bits are where you've got overlap between okay, so like actin and myosin. One of them is just myosin, one of them is just actin, and yeah. one of them is myosin and actin together. Yeah. So you've got like myosin is your A band, is your thick filament, actin is your I band, and that's your thin filaments, but they overlap. So myosin's always in the middle, mm-hmm. in the centre, running along the centre. That always stays the same. And then actin starts to overlap at each end of the myosin, doesn't it? And that's when you get your dark striations in a muscle. So you've got your dark bands, your light bands. So the dark one is always the actin. And myosin overlapped together. Okay. So when we talk about the contraction of the muscle, what we're going to have happen is the actin filaments are going to move closer together. So the whole sarcomere becomes a little bit shorter because and the z lines will get closer together because actin's going to slide over the myosin and move closer together the myosin will never change shape because it's always just going to be the same length filament the a band will always stay the same length because that's the length of myosin but everything else will get smaller so we call this the slide the slided filament theory because 
it's the filaments are sliding over each other in order to allow for the contraction to take place okay just just trying to explain briefly how it happens but the actual mechanism of how it happens is quite complicated so far i think i've explained everything i band gets smaller z lines move closer a band remains the same because it's just the length of the myosin the filaments don't change length they just get closer together they must slide over each other yeah that's pretty much it okay there is a resource on teachmescience.co.uk that just has a very brief sort of overview of the sliding filament theory okay so if you've got a picture in a revision guide or a textbook or off the internet or anything at all you can use that that's fine that's no issue just make sure that you are looking at a diagram really because it's not that easy to understand in fact if you've got a good video it might be worth watching a good video of it as well because that can actually show you the mechanism you know we can explain it then over the top of that so we're taking a closer look there at the actinomyosin now myosin is as you can see the orange bit in the diagram that's the myosin and can you see how it's got these like bulbous heads coming away from it that's what the structure they look of... like golf clubs yeah a little bit like golf clubs yeah not a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just like golf clubs. yeah so they've got these heads and then the tail is like the strand mm -hmm. okay so the tail is this fibrous protein it's like a filament strand but the head itself is like a globular protein. It's a slightly different type of protein structure. And it has two little bulbous ends on it. Now that's actually hinged so it can move. So that bulbous sort of head that's sticking out can actually move. And it will hinge like down or up or you know, depending on where it is, it will move. And with it, it will if it's actually bound to the actin, as the head moves, it will drag the actin along with it. So it's a bit like, I think in some textbooks they refer to it as like a, a bit like rowing a boat. Right. Because it moves it along and then it unbonds and it goes to the next bit and then it moves it along. and then So, so it attaches to them dark it purple actually bits. attaches to it, yeah. yeah. And then the actin, they're just long chains. They're a bit like polymers. If you remember, we talked about like the amino acids just in rows. You know, like as a polymer, repeated right. units. It's basically a bit like a polymer, but it's got like a long chain. It's twisted into helix. And it actually contains these binding sites for myosin. So it's possible for the myosin to bind to the actin. Not all the time, but it is possible for it to when it needs to for contraction. So it has these binding sites. And then there's this third molecule called the tropomyosin that threads around the actin helps with the movement so i'm just going to talk a little bit now about the mechanism when the muscle's not contracting so when you're just still and at rest when your muscles are at rest the binding site on the actin is blocked by the tropomyosin so the myosin can't bind to the actin so it can't slide there's no possible binding but when an action potential arrives on the neuromuscular junction from the nerve to the muscle so when like an action potential actually arrives there from a motor neuron, it depolarizes the membrane of the sarcomere, which remember it being called the sarcolemma when we looked at the structure, remember that? No, so like really. the membrane is referred to as the sarcolemma right. around the outside. It has these little T-tubules which spread throughout. Do you remember we talked about sarcoplasmic reticulum? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so the T-tubules connect to the sarcoplasmic reticulum. 
the job of the sarcoplasmic reticulum, if you listen to the previous episode, is to store calcium ions. And this is where these calcium ions come in. So the depolarization of the sarcolemma spreads to the sarcoplasmic reticulum and that releases the calcium ions that have been sort of stored there and they go into the sarcoplasm, which is a bit like the cytoplasm. And that actually triggers the contraction. So these calcium ions are now going to bind to the tropomyosin that's blocking the binding site and it causes it to change shape and to unblock the binding site. That means myosin can now bind. So that forms a cross bridge. So you get an, an actin-myosin cross bridge. What happens then is that the calcium also allows for energy to be released from ATP. Do you remember how energy is released from ATP? Do you remember all the energy is stored in that final bond, the third phosphate? Yeah. If you think about just an ATP molecule, adenosine triphosphate, so it's an adenosine molecule with three phosphates bound in a, in a line, the third phosphate is really unstable and all the energy from ATP is stored in that bond. So when that phosphate comes off, the energy is released and you get ADP, so adenosine diphosphate, a phosphate and energy. So that's what happens. But that is what happens. So if you need a little bit of like recap on your ATP, make sure you listen to our ATP episode, which kind of explains mm -hmm. all of that, really. OK, the calcium leads to that happening. OK, and that energy causes the myosin head to move. So it causes it to bend because it's hinged, pulling the actin along, as I said earlier. OK, and then what will happen is another ATP molecule will come along, release energy to break that cross bridge. The myosin will detach. It will move back to its original position and there'll be a new binding site now where it was. Does that make sense? So the actin's moved along. Yeah. The myosin moves back to where it originally was and there'll be a new binding site near it and it binds to that and it moves because it's hinged and it pushes the actin along and then it breaks off, goes back. And so as long as the contraction is being stimulated, that will happen. And that's like a movement. And that's the movement of muscle. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to have that constant cycle of myosin attaches, the hingeness of it causes it to move, the actin is pulled along, the cross bridge is broken, the myosin moves back, attaches to a new binding site, hinges, so moves, moves the actin along, cross bridge gets broken, it moves back, and so on, and just keeps moving the actin. A shortening the sarcomere, as we said, and it's just that repeated process. When the stimulation to contract stops, so you don't want to move your arm anymore, or you don't want to run anymore, or whatever it is, the calcium will leave the binding site on the tropomyosin. The tropomyosin will block the binding site for the myosin again, and then the actin can slide back to its original position as well. The calcium is actually actively transported back to the sarcoplasmic reticulum which means you need more ATP for that so ATP is used to actively transport the calcium away so that it can't bind to the tropomyosin anymore to stimulate a contraction because the body doesn't want it or need it or it isn't stimulating it isn't asking for it there's no like movement required ATP is basically needed in three different places so the bending of the myosin the breaking of the cross bridge and the active transport of the calcium back after it's been used, back to the sarcoplasmic reticulum to be stored. 
So it's really important that there's ATP for this process. So when we talk about the uses of ATP in the body way back in AS, we always say one of the uses is muscle contraction. These are the places that ATP is required for that. Okay, the bending of the myosin, breaking of the cross bridge, active transport of the calcium. Bending of the myosin. Bending of the myosin, cross bridge break. Break. And the calcium. And the calcium being actually transported back to the sarcoplasmic. Yes, I feel that's going to be a question later. <laughs> um, no, I haven't actually got that. Do you know, I really struggled to find exam questions on this. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why we have to generate so much ATP from respiration. So if you remember, like, aerobic respiration generates 32 ATP molecules, and then anaerobic respiration makes just two ATP molecules. Per yeah, that was the rubbish one. Yeah. So if you're exercising a lot, really strenuous exercise, you still need that ATP for muscle contraction, you're going to get two molecules from anaerobic respiration per glucose molecule for mm-hmm. that. Just lastly, on the new information, there is a, a chemical called phosphocreatine, which is found inside all cells. And its job is to help, just for a couple of seconds during strenuous exercise, to donate phosphates to ATP, to ADP, to generate ATP, just really quickly. So this chemical, even though it's in your cells, it will only last a few seconds if you're using it. It doesn't produce any lactic acid, so it's alactic, it's um, anaerobic, doesn't need oxygen. It will literally just donate a phosphate to ADP to generate ATP for very, very, very quick, short bursts of energy needed. Does that make sense? Is that like an emergency thing? It will be, yeah. Because like, how come our bodies just don't have that in our whole bodies? Why isn't that like the way we make ATP all the time? Because when when you donate the phosphate, it becomes creatine, and creatine is poisonous. Does that make sense? So what happens to the poison? Well, it will end up being removed by the kidneys. So a big build-up of creatine... So our body creates the poison. All the time. I mean, it creates carbon dioxide that's poisonous. Yeah. You know? Our body always makes things that are bad and then we get rid of it. So it's like we excrete. Yeah. Especially if we put things into our body that we shouldn't really be putting in, then it, like, it does make things it shouldn't as well. Mm-hmm. Like people that exercise a lot or have a lot of muscle sometimes get a lot of poison. Sometimes get kidney damage because of the the extra creatine that they're always creating in their cells to like build up in the kidneys. What can creatine do to the body? As far as I'm as far as I'm aware, cause kidney damage because it's not going to really go anywhere else. Yeah. So that that's kind of the main thing. It's interesting that we've got this like little mechanism just for very quick bursts like before the aerobic respiration kicks in you've got this very quick few seconds of mm-hmm. quick atp for like a fast run yeah like a quick reaction like you say that sort of thing yeah like okay. you in the alley like me yeah <laughs> like me running yeah <laughs> i still think that's funny do i need to explain that yeah probably all the way through september i'm running two miles a day for cancer research uk so every morning, um, when it's a work day or a weekday, I'm generally getting up at like 20 past, half past five in the morning to run. It takes me about half an hour to run two miles. So, and it's dark. So I'm running in the dark, scared. And the more I do it, the more scared I am. 
So it's getting to a point now where I'm like doing all those you'd tricks. You'd be the way around, wouldn't you? The, the doing all those. The less scared you'd the be. The less scared you'd be. But actually, the more I do it, the more I can't believe I'm alive when I go home. <laughs> do you know what it's like? Every day I go Literally out. Literally expecting. Every day <laughs> I go out, I'm like, this is the day. This is it. I'm not coming home. I'm not coming home. I don't know what I think is going to happen to me. She's running along so with the keys between the, her fingers. All the tricks that people teach you about going out alone in the dark. I've got my key between my fingers. And then I've started running with fists and I'm looking around me constantly, ready for a fight. Like someone's going to jump out at me. And this is why people have stopped running in the area. Because they're seeing <laughs> the crazy fists, woman with what's going on wildly there. waving her fists around in the, in the Just night. Just in case someone decides they're going to attack. <laughs> She's always prepared. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? You hear you know what? these you need stories. To get one of them things. You that... hear these stories of women that go out running and they don't go home. You need to get a taser that looks like a phone. What if I accidentally taser myself? Because I, I would. Turn it off. I would. I'm pretty sure they're illegal. I don't think you're allowed to have them. <laughs> a taser? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so she runs past his alley and yeah. she's like looking in the alley, putting her fists on. As I, as I run past the alley, I look like dead into it and like I'm ready <laughs> for. Whoever might be there. Fox or... A fox. A cat. A cat. Or a murderer. Or a murderer. A planned attack. Don't run the alley. I do, I'm, <laughs> I'm the not alley telling route. anyone where I run. The alley person's listening to this going, God, <laughs> Monday I was going to make my attack. <laughs> anyway, I am just trying to raise money for charity, so please don't kill me. <laughs> anyway, should we do some questions? Yeah. What alleyway does Rhea run? <laughs> Uh, describe the roles of ATP and calcium ions in the contraction of a myofibril. The calcium is that goes to the binding area. Yes, so... And they need ATP for the movement. ATP for the... The movement. So it's for the, the contraction, for the actual contraction itself. Okay. Where does the calcium come from? It's collected and it's stored in that area, isn't it? What's that bit called? Whatever you whispered just <laughs> the, the sarcoreticulum. The sarcoplasmic reticulum. So it's, it diffuses from there, okay, into the myofibril. What does it bind to? It binds to those heads. Yeah, so the tropomyosin, yeah, on the actin. Yeah. What does it cause to happen then? It the binds to the filament head and moves it along. So you're jumping a bit there. So the calcium binding to the tropomyosin, oh, what is the it, point of it? It makes it um, bindable. Yeah. So what's the tropomyosin doing in the meantime? It's blocking yeah. the binding site. So, so when calcium binds to opens it, it, it unblocks it or opens the binding site. But there's a specific word that you used. What was it? It exposes. It exposes the binding site on the actin filament. And then the myosin head can attach to that binding site then. What causes the myosin head to bend? Uh, it becomes like a jelly. <laughs> At no point during this episode have I used the word jelly. I'm sure you used the word jelly. Hinged. You said, it becomes like a bit of a jelly head. <laughs> Never said that. Pretty much, you can right. play back the whole okay. episode. Not once. I'm inserting it right head. now. <laughs> Bulbous head. I'm certain I heard something that sounds like fibrous. Jelly. It's hinged and it bends. Okay, so the ATP. Makes it bend. Right. It's hinged. Yes, yeah? correct. Well done. And as it bends, it pulls the... The head. What does the head, head attach to? So the myosin head binds to the actin. It bends and it pulls the... The purple bit. 
Yeah, the actin filament. It pulls the actin filament along. And then it goes back. And then it breaks off. So That's is that the, the, the cross bridge. Yeah, but you're breaking the cross bridge. You need a new ATP for that. So we're only talking about the contraction. So the calcium then being actually transported back to the sarcoplasmic reticulum is not needed because it's not, that's not about contraction. So we wouldn't include that in our answer. Calcium diffuses from the sarcoplasmic reticulum. It binds to the tropomyosin on the actin. It exposes the binding site on the actin filament. Myosin head then attaches to that binding site on the actin. ATP molecule gets hydrolyzed or phosphate breaks off, becomes ADP on the myosin head, causing the myosin to bend. That bending pulls the actin filament up with it and then the attachment of a new ATP molecule to the myosin head causes it to detach and we break that cross bridge. And then the myosin goes back, attaches to a new one, pulls. Right, another one. Question two. What is the role of phosphocreatine in providing energy during muscle contraction? That's the emergency one. Yeah, it provides what? The, it gives a phosphate. Well done. It provides phosphates to... What's the, what's the energy energy molecule? Uh, Three letters. First one's A. ATP, ATP. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, any word I can think beginning with A that it, we've ever talked about. So one mark it provides phosphate. Two second mark to produce or generate ATP because ATP is required for muscle contraction. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You weren't really on it today. <laughs> And that unprofessionalism at the, at the start just kind of laid the line of what you're going to be like. <laughs> it's because the Queen died. Yeah. Are you sad? I'm so good. Should we push up the queue right now? The hashtag queue? Yeah. Hashtag the queue. Hashtag the queue. Right. Shall I do the roundup? We The thick filaments within a myofibril are made up of myosin molecules. These are protein molecules with a globular head. The thin filaments are made up of globular protein molecules called actin. A fibrous protein known as tropomyosin is twisted around the actin molecules. Muscles cause movement by contracting, which shortens the sarcomeres. This is known as the sliding filament model. An action potential arrives at the neuromuscular junction and calcium ions are released from the sarcoplasmic reticulum. Calcium ions bind to the tropomyosin, causing them to change position on the actin filament, exposing the myosin binding sites. The globular heads of the myosin molecules bind to these sites, forming cross bridges between the actin and the myosin filaments. The myosin heads bend due to energy from ATP released, also caused by calcium ions. This pulls the actin filaments towards the centre of the sarcomere and causes the muscle to contract a very small distance. Another ATP molecule binds to the myosin head, allowing them to release from the binding site and move back to their original positions. The myosin heads are then able to bind to a new binding site closer to the Z-disc. The process repeats again until the stimulation of the contraction stops. The calcium ions are actively transported back to the sarcoplasmic reticulum. As we can see, ATP is needed for the movement of the myosin heads, causing the actin filaments to slide and the return of the calcium ions via active transport. Phosphocreatine is a molecule stored by muscles that can be used for the rapid production of ATP as it supplies a phosphate ion that can phosphorylate ADP. This can only be used for short bursts of exercise as phosphocreatine only lasts a few seconds.
Got any takeaways? Creatine. Phosphocreatine. And uh, kidney poison. Uh, it's bad. Creatine is bad for the kidneys. ATP yeah. is used three times yes. in the process. Uh, calcium, binding, and there was another one. Hang on, give me a sec. Cross bridge breakdown. Yes, well done. Is that not it? bad, not bad. Considering you weren't really listening to anything I was saying during the also, whole episode. Also, bulbous head connects to the protein complex and it binds there and moves along and then breaks and then goes back. Is that good? Yes, yeah. very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so the wider reading is still, because it's still September, right? Yeah. The wider reading is still the Science of Everything podcast. So again, it's the sort of podcast that you can just go to on your whatever place you listen to podcasts and just look at the episode titles, decide which ones you think will be useful and listen to them. Don't listen to every episode. They're not all biology based. So yeah, just choose the ones that you think will be useful to you, what you're studying at the time, what you need to revise, what you think you might need a little bit of wider reading on. Just have a look and go through some of those episodes. I don't think there's anything on muscles, but there are plenty of other things that we've done. Okay, if you'd like to contact us, you can go on our website, which is teachmebiology, which is teachmescience.co.uk. <laughs> uh, on there, you'll find pretty much everything to do with our podcast, pretty much. So it's probably the best place to go to. And you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can find us on various social media, or just two. Twitter, <laughs> at teachmebiocast, and on Instagram, at teachmebiologycast. You also can, if you would like to, and we'd appreciate it. You can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. Although I think it's buy me a tea, isn't it? On buy me a tea. So yeah. that's buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. Thank you. Yeah. I don't have a clue who this person's name is, but they're from Instagram. So I'm sorry I don't know your name because it's a weird like letters and numbers thing. Oh. Hello, your podcast helped me a lot with revision. Do you guys mind going over excretion? I have a bit of trouble remembering things regarding this certain system and I've come to notice that I remember better when I listen to your podcasts. Yeah, I'm sure we can do that. Is it, is it coming up or do we have to do a separate thing? I, th- I think there's stuff on it, yeah. We will be doing it then, yeah. Yeah. And then Freya. Hi, I'm an A-level biology student, a rarity, mm. and just wanted to say thank you so much for your podcasts. I've never been able to understand respiration until I listened to your podcast and understood it straight away. Thank you so much again. Wow. You guys are lifesavers. I absolutely love it when people say that. Yeah. Because I listen to this podcast and I don't get it at all. <laughs> You're in it and you don't get it. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, but like you can listen to the podcast, understand it for that time, and, and then, then a week a week it, later yeah. you won't remember it. But that's why it's good to have it there. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you just listen to it again. Yeah, that's true. So thank you so much, Freya, for your message and good That's luck. Great. Good luck with all your studies. Um, was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. What did you think of last week's little um, bit of that? Oh thing? God, Jesus! I was like, "What is this?" What? Like Sarah here, and blah blah blah, and I was like, I "Don't remember this." What did you think? I when it, it was when, great. When it when it like cut and it's like one year ago. Yeah. What did you think? I did wonder what was going on, but I kind of got the gist of it pretty quick, and then thought. Like, I was pretty mean to you, wasn't I, actually? <laughs> you going to watch the Statey Fumes? Am I going to watch the Statey Fumes? No. You're not? Nah. I've got better things to do my time than watch the funeral of my no. lady. My name's Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.